You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie. Your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, a very nasally Adam Barnard, and he's the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Oh, <sighs> uh, boy. Mm-hmm. It was a fun ride. Yep. But I don't mean the show's over. I'm not saying this. <laughs> Alexa. I'm about, uh, yeah. I'm talking about the uh, 2022 Philadelphia Eagles yep. season. It was a good ride. Hey, look, I, I'm not mad. Well, I am mad. I enjoyed the, uh, like, Okay, I'm a big Eagles fan. They didn't lose. They, they didn't win the Super Bowl, and then like some people are like, "Well, fuck, fuck this season." No, don't fuck the season. I mean, it's, this is a great fucking season. Yeah. You no, know, uh, I don't want to be like one of those guys that seems unhappy. You know, there's there's those people who just seem seem to be never satisfied. Yeah. Like, like the, I don't want to be that guy that seems like you know he won a million dollars but had. He, it wasn't good enough because he had to pay taxes on it. You know, it's just right, like, right. Oh, you mean I got paid? Oh, so not, it's not really a million dollars. It's only 800,000. I don't want to sound like that kind of, I don't want to sound like a 49ers fan. Cause they, they're still complaining about losing the Eagles, but, uh, I'm proud of the Eagles. I'm proud of, uh, the organization. I'm proud of everything. They, it was a mat- they lost, of course, you know, by now, everybody knows they lost the Super Bowl. It's a matter of a couple mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Chiefs played mistake-free football. Um, you know, the Eagles had a turnover. They had a botched punt that got the Chiefs down to the five. And you give uh, you give the Chiefs four, uh, four tries to get in from the five. They're going to get in. So, yeah. A couple of things, but uh, you know, I guess the thing that I'm angry about is just like the uh, lack of respect the fucking NFL has for its its fucking game. Yeah. Um, the whole field thing has me really fucking annoyed, and it's not like from a like from a sour grapes vote because if if the Eagles were in this game, I would still say how how could that field be allowed anywhere? Like, yeah. Whatever your profession is, whether it's football, baseball, wrestling, gymnastics, boxing, the most sacred 
thing that to be your most sacred place is where you apply your trade. Yeah. And that's the field. That's the ring. That's wherever you apply your trade. And the fact that, you know, and then, and they, they, they move these games to warm weather cities. So there's no conditions. And essentially they played a rain game without the rain because the field was just atrocious and wet and people are slipping all over the place. And, uh, I guess the point during the Super Bowl why I got really, really angry and really, really hot is when I was watching Jake Elliott kick uh, kick the ball off to give it back to the Chiefs. He almost snapped his ankle. He, he right. slipped and hurt his ankle torque, and I'm just like, my God, how, how, how can they allow that field to be, be a thing? This is a billion-dollar company. They're like, oh yeah, we grew this side two years for two years for two. That's the pro- that's the product of a two year fucking thing. Yeah, like there were so many, so many things about the Super Bowl that were frustrating. Yeah, and. I think that's the word that I felt like it was frustrating because, you know, I like, look, I'm, I'm a sports guy, but I'm not one of those people that like, you know, puts holes in drywall and shit when the Eagles lose, you know, like that's, that's fucking stupid. Right. And I know I'll leave that to Dallas fans. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, I, and uh, first and foremost, before we go any further, um, forever and ever, fuck the Cowboys. But um, cheers. I'm not. Yeah. yeah Mazel. I'm not one of those folks that gets wound up. And I know cats like that. And that's one of the reasons why I stopped watching sports for a while. Um. But there was a lot to be really upset about with the Super Bowl. And one of them really was the fact that it felt like both teams were ice skating. You know, like yeah. watching them, it was like, and it's not just, I want to be clear about this too. I know there's been a lot of discourse about this and 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 a lot of conversation about what's been going on. Um, I feel a lot of the same feelings that I had if a lot of the things that happened to the Eagles happened to the Chiefs. Right. And, I, and what I mean by that is like the 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 penalty at the end of the game. Right, you're in a minute and fifty-two left in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, and the ref calls a bullshit fucking holding call on Bradbury. Right? To be fair, it was a penalty, but the point is, call it in the first quarter, call it in the second quarter, call it in the third quarter. Don't wait. 58 minutes to call that in the fourth quarter when it's coming down to a crucial drive. Well, that's what I mean. Like why, like if it's a penalty, it's a penalty, it's fine. But like, what was the reasoning behind calling it right at this moment? You know what I mean? Like right now you have to do it right fucking now. And usually when a penalty happens, the flag is thrown right as it happens. Yes. Yes. And that flag came out a good four seconds after the play was over. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they waited for the, to see if the, there was a completion of the play, whether to, to enforce it or not. And that's, that's my issue. And it's also too, it's like the fact that the Chiefs still could have won, right? Like, I'm not saying that like right. the defense right. had a lot of issues in the second half. There were a lot of things that like really fell apart there for the team in the second half. It felt like, um, especially that drive that you were, where you would, the aforementioned drive you just talked about. Um, yeah. But the fact that the refs called this, this fucking uh, holding call with a Take minute, and, right, with a minute and 52 left on the, on the, on the, the, the clock, like you basically just decided the game for the Chiefs. That's what you did. And, and I feel like to me, watching it back, like it, it almost cheapens the fact that the Chiefs won. 
And again, sure. if the Eagles, if that would have happened, if the situation would have been reversed, I'd feel very much the same way because it's like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. They, like, they, they, this team clearly played better, but now you're kind of cheapening the win for them because now it appears as though the refs called the game. And it just, it was just like, I was so angry. Like, I was just standing there like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Like, you've got to be kidding me. And it just, I, and then the, you know, and then it, it like, there were so many fucking things that were going through my mind watching this game. And everybody's like, oh, you guys are sore losers. You're this, that, and the other. Like, no. The Chiefs played a great game. This was a, the, the both teams spent the 58 minutes throwing fucking haymakers at each other. You know, like, right. like this was, if you were ever going to watch a football game, this would be the game to watch. This was probably the most exciting Super Bowl I've seen in quite some time. And I, I can't believe I'm about to quote the person I'm about to quote because, I'm not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but uh, Ben Roethlisberger of all per of all people, uh, I guess he does a podcast. Yeah, he was talking about the uh, ending of the Super Bowl, and he was disappointed. He's like, imagine going to and watching a movie, and it's one of the best movies you ever seen, but the ending just fucking sucked. Yeah, you know the you know even if you. You don't call the penalty. Like, look, like I said, there was more egregious. There was more egregious penalties that weren't called, and you called that one. Yeah. You know, I don't profess to be a, a football expert, but I like to listen to people who are. Like, I listen to people who talk or played the sport, talk about sports. The people who played the sports, they said you could call penalties on a holding call in almost every fucking play yep everybody's fucking holding and the fact that there wasn't like one offensive offensive line holding call in the super bowl when the average is like three i mean you know somebody's that perfect of a team that they didn't hold once yep with those conditions and i guess the frustrating thing is you know uh the eagles pass uh rush you know when they're you know running around the edges you know that that was their strength they're quick around the edges and get to the quarterback you're watching these guys fucking slip. Yeah. Imagine he slips and their helmet goes into the offensive lineman's knee and blows his knee out. And he's out for, you know, the whole rest of the next season. You know, that's where I got, I was like, you're potentially putting people at risk, not just for this game, but for the whole next season where they have to go get like knee surgery or ankle surgery, or they break their leg and they're out for, you know, it cost them not for this game, not for this moment, but for the whole next season as well. So, they're just, you know, it's, it's all, t- you know, well, I, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger broke it down. He's just like, it was like watching a great movie and just the ending, the ending sucked. Yeah. You know, say you don't call the penalty and now the chiefs have, now there's the added drama. Right. And that's sports is, yeah, it's, it's storyline. It's drama. The drama is they could, could have either tried for it on fourth down or kicked a field goal. And then the Eagles would have had the ball with a minute 50 something left, yeah. maybe. And there's, therein lies the drama. And that's where, I mean, one of the fucking greatest fucking endings to a Super Bowl, I want to say was uh, Rams, uh, the, uh, the, the, well, then St. Louis Rams against the Tennessee Titans, where the guy was running and he fell short of go, the go ahead touchdown on the one yard line. 
the, the last play of the game is his arm outstretched trying to reach it, and he couldn't, he couldn't and the Rams win the Super Bowl. Right. You're, you're, you're taking that kind of drama away from what, what could have been an all-time great Super Bowl, and it just ended with a popcorn fart. Literally, that's exactly what it was. It was a fucking... Yeah. <sighs> I've been stewing about it, and I've been, like, trying to figure out how I was going to, like, approach it today when we started recording, and it's just, like... Yeah. It's just angry, man. It's just like frustrating, you know? It's just Look, and look, I I'm a sports guy. Like if I would have seen it happen between two teams that weren't my fucking team, I would still say that was bullshit. Right. No, but what are you going to do? You know? Again, I don't want, you know, when the Eagles beat the 49ers, all I ever heard was, well, the Eagles only won because 49ers to have their quarterback. Well, yeah, because the Eagles knocked both quarterbacks out of the game. They knocked two out and one back in. Right. Because they ran out of quarterbacks. And that was the third quarterback of the year that they they knocked you know, Aaron Rodgers out of the, the Green Bay game. So, and they're still fucking bitching. Like, even on Radio Row interviews, they're just like, oh, we, we should have, we could have won that game. Well, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, you didn't fucking win, and that's it. Eagles defense took you out of the fucking game. So I don't want to seem like a fucking 49ers fan, but I'm very angry. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because, uh, well, but, you know, uh, I guess that's the beauty of being a, a you know, a multi-sport town. I was going to say a Philadelphia sports town, but there's other towns that have more than one team. I mean, the Phillies are coming up. Pitchers and catchers just report it. And uh, looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, you know, I hate – I love football, but I hate the time of year it happens because it's right. cold. The sun goes down at like four o'clock. But now, uh, me and Tracy are doing the, uh, 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 the sun's still out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I love when I notice that the sun. I love when the sun's out until eight o'clock at night. Yes, yes, it's finally oh, uh, happening. It's finally yeah. like the sun is staying out longer, and it's just amazing. Just sit out in the yard, grill, just fucking stare at the sky and think about nothing. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's that like but, uh, really nice time, like around May or June where it's going to be like super nice and warm. Oh God, I can't fucking wait, dude. I um, can't wait. Hey, we're going to Ireland for my birthday. I don't know if I talked about yeah, that. Yeah, You were the- telling me, man, I'm really hyped for you. It sounds like it's going to yeah. be an amazing time. Uh, Mrs. Meany, uh, is always think, trying to think of, uh, things to do for me for my birthday. And, uh, we like traveling. She likes to travel. She likes to do the planning, which is kind of cool. I mean, I don't know how to fucking plan a trip because all my I've all all my traveling has been around wrestling. Yeah, I know how to go to an airport. I know how to get picked up from an airport. I know how to go <laughs> to the hotel before the show. I know how to go to the building. I know how to prepare to wake up so I can get as much sleep as I possibly can before I have to jump up, get dressed, and get out and get back to the airport. Yep. I've never really gone on a vacation. So, um, yeah, this will be fun. Like we were doing those, uh, road games for the Eagles and that kind of gave us a reason to check out different places. We went to London and mm. all this stuff. But, um, and people are like, why don't you take a booking while you're out there? No, the, the, the point is I want, <laughs> well, well the, the mentality is, Oh, you can make some money and pay for some of your trip. And it's like, look, I'm not spending 
for whatever they're going to pay me, it's not going to cover everything on the trip and it's going to waste one day. Yeah. Of something I plan. I've seen the inside of a wrestling arena. I don't need to see that right now. I'm paying money to go see something I haven't seen before or done or just to do nothing. Or how about this? Just not be in pain. (laughs) I don't understand why somebody would say that. Like, it's like you don't have a life outside of what you do as a profession. Like why? Like, well, not, now I can see I can see if I took a booking. Right. And then I bring Mrs. Meany along to the booking, and then we can plan something around the booking. But if I'm going strictly for vacation, I ain't looking for to do like, I love wrestling, but I've done the whole travel and done a wrestling thing. I want to travel and just do a nothing thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to Ireland. We're going to Dublin in... We leave the 17th. We land on my birthday, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. And um, we're doing a uh, our first day in. As soon as we get in, uh, we land in the morning. And then, like, we're doing this uh, mountain pub tour, which, you know, kind of t- we're doing we're doing two tours, which is kind of cool because it gets you out of the city. You're not just stuck in. So we go go up around and through the mountains, go to like nine different pubs, and uh, a lot of them got like a some beautiful scenery and stuff like that. And then uh, another day we're going on a nine hour game of Thrones tour, which that's cool. Man. Fucking amazing. We go to, go to see all the uh, exterior sets and stuff like that. So that's awesome. I'm a big game of Thrones fan. I haven't seen a new show yet. I'm right. looking forward to, to watching it. I got to find time, but uh, I mean, this is Mrs. Meany's idea, which was amazing because she wasn't, she really didn't like Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. she wants me to have a good time. So she, she booked it and, uh, we leave from Dublin and drive like a couple hours up to Northern Ireland, which would be nice. So yeah. it, 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 it's, it's a nice structured thing to do. So for my, well, and the reason why we're doing it is my 50th birthday, which sounds weird to say, it really but it does, man, it really does. Yeah. Like I can't. Mentally, I'm still 13. It's just like <laughs> still laughing at shit I, I probably shouldn't be laughing about. But hey, man. what are you going to do? I'm you never, know? I'm never fucking grown up. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be 12 for the rest of my life, pal. I'm yeah. always, I'm always fart jokes, dick jokes, 69. I'm all about Pee- it. Pee poopy. <laughs> oh my god. It's, uh, no, it's, um, I'm excited for you. It sounds like it's going to be an incredible time. Um, yeah. I just, I can't wait for this. You know, we're finally getting on this outswing of the fucking cold weather and, and hopefully we don't, we luckily like knock on wood, haven't had any snow for this entire winter, which has been nice. Um, but now that I said that we're going to have fucking three feet of snow tomorrow here in Philly. Uh, pod squad is here. Vanessa, what's going on? Thank you for joining Hello, us. Vanessa. Don't forget to sign up today at patreon.com slash mind of the media and join us and watch us early and ad free as we, uh, as we record the show. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's about to be a crazy weekend, man. You know, after, uh, after this episode, well, full disclosure, we're recording this on Saturday morning. Um, and elimination chamber is tonight. And, yeah. um, man, I'm telling you, dude, it's been, uh, it's been, a, we had a great episode, uh, the Wrestling Hour over on Premier Streaming Network. I had my friend Sir Wilkins and Alfred Cunnawood join me for a rundown of the show, so you can check that out. Uh, cool. Anybody on the pod squad can check it out, and you can check it out after the show as well. Uh, but I'm excited for this, man. I feel like uh, I feel like it's some uh, big energy going on, um, some Nick Foles energy, if you will. 
Uh, and uh, I, I got to be, I got to ask you though. I don't know if we've actually like touched on this a little bit, but I know there's been discourse and conversation about the potential of Sami Zayn being added to WrestleMania as a triple threat. Um, yeah. And you know, the conversation about Daniel Bryan, you know, like kind of like the yes movement, like happening again. Yeah. What is your take on that? Do you think that that is an accurate assessment? Do you think it's necessary? Like, how does that, like, as someone who was in the biz and in the industry and the business, like, how do you, how do you feel about that? <clears throat> Well, the best thing about wrestling is the best things that happen in wrestling are the most organic things. Mm -hmm. to happen. And back when the, the Daniel Bryan thing happened, I don't know if they planned it and I don't want to know if they planned it, but it felt organic. It felt real. It felt like the the audience made the difference in wanting that to happen. And, uh, no matter, you know, the evil, uh, uh, evil, evil McMahon, the evil cor corporation. I mean, I, I love a lot of my wrestling contemporaries, but I saw actual professionals online going, "They're burying Daniel Bryan. He's so over. What are they doing?" It's like, dude, he's on TV with Triple H and Stephanie. If that's being buried, right. fucking, I'll give you the shovel. Bury me, please. <laughs> Getting a rub like that, dude. Like I, again, yeah. I, know, I know we talked about this too, but it's like I can't imagine. Like the folks that use that that in that jargon that have no idea what they're talking about just yeah. ceases to amaze me. But go ahead, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's like doing, there's a Nirvana song, and um, it, there's a lyric, and it, it's so pro wrestling. It's uh, Nirvana's in bloom, hmm. and uh, you know he goes, he's the one who sings all our pretty songs, and he likes to sing along. He likes to shoot his gun, but he, he don't know what it means. Right. There's a lot of people who love pro wrestling. They love to chant along. They love to, uh, you know, I don't, they don't shoot guns, but uh, they use all the jargon, but they don't know what it means, you know. But, um, you know, I, I know we're getting off the topic, but okay. I just, I, it has to go back to the Daniel Bryan thing. And then, you know, it worked into a triple threat match at, at WrestleMania in New Orleans. And, it was probably one of the coolest fucking ending endings to WrestleMania. Most, and it felt organic. This whole Sami Zayn thing feels organic. And, uh, you have two worlds, two storylines colliding where, you know, uh, Cody wants to win the belt. His dad never won, but then you also have the, the friction between Roman and Sammy. So it's like three rivers, coming together at, at, a, at a meeting point, you yeah. know, here comes the Roman river. Here comes the Cody river. Here comes the Sammy river. They're all just going to converge Yep, <clears throat> and all over the banks. And, uh, you know, they use that metaphor or whatever, but, uh, if it happens, I think I, I, I would be fine with it. I would be, I would definitely be fine. Look, I, and I, I don't know if I've said this, but I hate three-way matches. I hate them. I hate, I, I hate, well, I hate being in them first off, but there's always that thing where somebody has to take the, uh, a you know, um, what's the word? Not blue. They're obliged to take the bump and just sell on the floor while mm. two guys. Wrestle. Yeah. And now I got takes a bump and has to sell out on the floor. Like, and pretend not to be there. And then the other guy comes back in and it's just like, I, I would rather have a four way where two guys are fighting, two guys are fighting. Okay. Then they, you know, they switch off like their uh, 
dancing, uh, what's it, uh, square, like the square dancing, uh, right. switch to your partner to and fro, you know, and you switch off with somebody else and it turns into a four. Anytime I've had to work in three way matches, I fucking hated it. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, it just makes no sense in, in, in some ways. Like, or, you know, especially if somebody, is about to pin one of the guys in the match and the guy gets eliminated. Somebody runs in and breaks up the count. I'm like, what are you breaking up the count for? Right. I guess unless it's like one fall uh, one, where like the first pin wins the whole match, but I don't know. I, and I, it sounds like sag religious because ECW kind of invented the three-way dance, but <laughs> um, that's true. I, I would say that's accurate, sir. Yes. But, uh, I think that was elimination style match, though, but I don't know. Um, See, I don't even know if they should do an elimination style with. Whoops, knocking shit over here. I don't even know if they should do an elimination uh, style with this. I think, I think it's one pin. I think it would be one pin wins at all. Yeah, first pin wins. Uh, but like you know, if it comes down to Cody, Sammy, and, and Roman being in all and being in one match. It makes sense. I, I have no problem with it because it makes sense because, you know, Cody has this right to have that title match. Right. He won the Rumble. That makes sense. Now, Sammy and Roman have this issue with the whole bloodline thing. Now, if Sammy somehow gets in the match, again, we're recording before Elimination Chamber, so we don't know what's going on. Whatever happens tonight. So, uh, if there's an issue tonight with the elimination chamber that involves Cody somehow, and there's that an unresolved issue that needs to be resolved at WrestleMania, it makes sense. Right. You know, I don't care what you do. Just make it make sense to where you go. Okay. This is what that, this, that, that, that thing happened, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, they got in, you know, they've made this new star with Sammy. I mean, I'm not, and when you say make a new star with Sammy, it doesn't mean that he was never a star, but right No, I know what you mean. He got upgraded to a, a tier. Yeah. You know, he, he's definitely, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's been bumped up a tier to where, you know, you know, he, he he's one of the top performers. He's always been a great performer. I, I I hate that I have to watch what I say because people go, "Well, actually, I know." You know? Yeah. Well, you know, Sammy Zayn since his uh, El Generico days. Blah, 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 blah. That's what he's fucking yeah. saying, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't think they can really go wrong at this point. Like with with what they're doing, you know. Like I don't I don't. Again, I guess it would have to be done properly. Like my viewpoint of it is like, okay. You know, and there's been a lot of people that have said, like, you know, Solomonster, friend of the show, has said, you know, that that he feels like if they put Sammy in the main event at WrestleMania, it could be the worst thing that they do for Cody because it takes the luster off of Cody. But they did it recently again, too, with Daniel Bryan and Edge and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, the first one they had back when, in front of all the people. They yeah. it made it a, a three-way dance. And that worked really fucking well because it solidified the fact that, like, Roman Reigns is the top guy, Right. He ba- it basically, the story was, you know, Edge is trying to win the title back he never got. Daniel Bryan's trying to show that he still got it. And the ending was, fuck you both. I'm the best in the game, and I just pinned both of you. And it was like, it was in- it was perfectly done. Like, it was an incredible story. Truly. I mean, I, I thought that that was probably one of the better main events, you know, main, main event stories in, in quite some time. Um, 
I don't necessarily know if I think that the luster or the bloom would be off the rose if, if Cody uh, ended up having to be in the three-way dance. You know, like, I don't think that would take away from him. I think it would it would maybe amplify the story. I don't think the right time to do it is tonight, though. Like, I don't think they should they should take the belts off of off of Roman tonight. Not this close to Mania. Um, yeah. And I don't even think that's in the cards, right? I think, I think, honestly, like, and we'll find out, you know, tonight, but I think Sammy's going to get the brakes beat off him, and it's going to be some kind of crazy shit that happens. But I don't necessarily think it's a it's a bad idea. I think it's execution as, as to what would happen. But my thought was, Wait. oh, I'm sorry, yeah. go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, that's, but that's kind of where you would, in my in my my wrestling mind, that's where you cut. Would, do you want to take the belt off Roman for Mania? No, right. But the element of surprise, yeah, maybe kind of, you know, to where, you know, if he wins the belt tonight, and Sammy Mania in fucking Montreal, just to watch that fucking, because man, I you know. Philly wrestling fans are fucking passionate, but fucking French Canadian motherfuckers are fucking out of their minds. They're amazing. It's it's like the the uh, Raw after you know WrestleMania was it seventeen in Toronto, yeah. and then in the next night Montreal, and that crowd basically made Hogan babyface again. You know, yes. well the, Toronto made him babyface, but Montreal fucking solidified it. They did, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't want. You don't want to have a title change before Mania, but god damn, if Sammy went into that fucking thing as as champion, could add intrigue. Could add intrigue. But then again, you got, you know, the royal one wrestling royal family versus the other with, you know, the Rhodeses versus the, you know, the the Samoans. So there's so much that could happen here and that's what 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 makes it intriguing. Yeah. Because there's so many different variables at play here. There's, I mean, really, like, the, the the story for me is the Rhodes versus the Anawais. Like, I really feel like that is going to really start to take off, you know, after after tonight. Um, I don't know, man. It's a really tough call. Because I think, again, like you said, it, it um, Sammy happened organically. Sammy came up out of nowhere. And, I mean, you know, it, all things considered, Sammy come, came up out of nowhere. And um, it just feels like it could be the right time to do it. But I, I don't know. I, I... Because then, Cause what, do you do, what, do you do the, what do you do with the Usos? You know, like how I don't know. Devil's advocate. I mean, like, why have a title match if you're not going to switch the title, kind of thing? Right. It's like, it's like, why have title matches on house shows if you know you're never going to switch the title on the fucking house show? Right. Right. You know, it's elimination chamber. It's 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 it's, it's a big deal. It's been, that pay per view's been around for a while. You know. Add some fucking meaning to the fucking pay-per-view. But then again, who knows? We, we, I could go around in circles all night going, but you could also do this. You know? Right. <laughs> but, right. Uh, you know, there's, there's just so much to it. And, uh, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say, I forgot there was a pay-per-view tonight until like <laughs> last night and Ariel's fucking tweet. Oh man. Meaning. Yes. We have breaking news on this program. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard... It's crazy, right? From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shave your signature beard 
with your look, Meanie, because you know Blue Meanie's got that specific beard look. Now you can use finally use Manscaped's products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code MINDMEANIE for 20% off plus free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a wide, a, wide, a weird beard, rather. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. Meanie, tell me about your experience so far with Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Well, if there's anything I'm known for besides blue hair is an amazing beard. And uh, I've spent years trying to keep it clean, keep it fresh. And uh, when I open up my package from Manscaped, all those beautiful beard care products, it was it was like something I, I dream come true, something I've been waiting all my professional beard, beard care taking life. It is incredible, and that blue beard of yours is going to look great when we're back at Icons this fall, or spring rather, but even in the fall, it's going to look great when you use uh, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut affixing faces. This cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths with just one guard, plus it's waterproof. So you can shave in the shower to avoid all of that hair in the sink, which is disgusting, especially if you're hairy like me. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. And friends, I feel like that's an innuendo somewhere. The Pro Kit doesn't end there. They have created the four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care first. There's the beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember that all of your hair is different. So the beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair in your head. That's why this kit has made shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard hair, beard health rather. So when Meanie is out of the ring, he can wash that beard up and not only does it go from blue to white, it's going to look healthy, natural, and fresh. Next, the kit has Manscaped's beard oil, an essential piece for your man facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine, making you look extra fine. Cap it off with the Beard Bomb, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or dames, depending on which way you go. The Beard Pro Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress and potentially moonsault off the middle rope. So go get 20% off plus free shipping when using the promo code MINDMEANIE at manscaped.com. It's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code MINDMEANIE. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. And we thank them, as always, for sponsoring the program. I was going to say, I, was gonna say, I wasn't, I wasn't going to talk about it until you brought it up, but... Um, sure. Yeah, Ariel Hawani has got himself. Well, I don't know if he's got himself in some hot water, but I feel like uh, people are a little upset about him being at the WWE event last night, uh, you know, or Friday night, rather, as you're listening to this on Monday. Um, yeah. What do you think, man? What, what, what's your thoughts on that? And I'll tell you mine. I don't see what the big fucking deal is. Um, does Ariel cover pro wrestling? Yeah. But for the most part, his meat and potatoes is mixed martial arts. So for uh, MMA, a guy who's maybe not 85, 90% MMA in his coverage, uh, who is also from Montreal, goes to SmackDown in Montreal to put over the importance of 
Sami Zayn, who's also from Montreal, wrestling for the world title in Montreal. I have no problem with it. I have no problem with Ariel doing it. You know, it's, it's not, if he was, uh, you know, doing something at an MMA show in ring on camera, maybe, you know, but this, uh, him doing pro wrestling when he's an MMA reporter and people saying he's not a real journalist, get the fuck out of here. You know, just, and there's people I respect who gave him shit, but it's like, come on, man. Don't, don't be silly. It just don't be, don't be a silly goose. <laughs> it's silly goose time on Twitter always. It just I don't know, man. I <sighs> I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. I I feel like there's a part of me that because I do interviews and and you know I was a journalist for a little bit of t- you know a cup of coffee. There's a part of me that's like yeah, like maybe he should have some journalistic credence. Right. Like some kind of like, you know, you're not going to do work for these specific companies. You're not going to go to like different places and do things. Um, AEW or WWE. Um, so, yeah, I could see that argument being being made. But like, you know, I think people conflate journalist with um, media figure. Right. Like Robert right. Co- Robert Costa is a journalist. Uh, Bob right. Woodward is a journalist. Um, Ariel Hawani is a media personality. And I think if you're going to hold people to those types of standards where you're holding Helwani to a standard that you would hold Costa or Woodward, then you absolutely need to hold people like Meltzer and Alvarez and and Bix and all these other people to the same standard, right? Right. You can't be partial to one specific organization if your goal is to produce content and to produce news, unbiased news, on a specific topic, right? Like that's not how – like. I would never see, I could never think of Bob, Bob Woodward if he was covering, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trump in, in the White House. You know, he's not going to be going to a, an event and speaking at an event in favor of Joe Biden. Like, that's not how this works, right? Like, that that would be a direct, and I use the politics version as just as a, as, you know, as a, as a yeah, reference yeah, point, yeah. but I would never imagine him doing something like that because he's a journalist and that's not what, that's not in, in his, his code of ethics and, and everything else. Helwani's a media personality. He's yeah. not he's not a journalist and I think to hold him to that standard is is in some ways it's it's um it's unfair. Right. Um but man Tony Khan going at him though I didn't I didn't expect that. Um, yeah, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know. I, I don't know. Look, I love Tony but yeah, that was a uh, that wasn't fair, especially yeah. when you got when you got uh, Meltzer, you know putting his credibility on the line and, and although I, I guess lately he's kind of been a little bit critical, but it, it took like fucking three fucking years. But, um, yeah, Mel, when you got Meltzer fucking looking like in a, people assuming that Meltzer's a paid employee, which I'm not saying he is, that's, that's the optics of it. You right. know, the way, uh, you know, Melter gets tight in the jeans about AEW, you know, just, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> you get, he gets tight in the stonewashed jeans. Uh, oh, uh, it's tight in the Z Cavaritis. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's not the same. It's, it's not the same. It's uh, Ariel's an MMA guy. 
at a wrestling event who have also who also happens to be from Montreal putting over the importance of a, another fellow guy from Montreal challenging for the world title in Montreal. Right. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. So that's my, that's my, that's my viewpoint. That's what I think. That's where I'm at. No, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, I think that it, people are making, a, it's a big to do about nothing. Um, yeah. but again, like I said, I mean, if you're going to call out Helwani, why the fuck is Meltzer at an AEW event? Why the fuck are we still quoting him at the, in, as if he's some kind of, un, you know, impartial, unbiased news person? Like, this it's fucking ridiculous, yeah. guys. Come on. Like, just everything is so goddamn serious all the time. I, I just, I don't know, man. It, it, it grinds my ass a little bit. But um, <laughs> it's like, it's so, everybody's so fucking serious about this stuff all the time. And it's like, just why are we, why are we so, I don't know. It just the 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 outrage the perform the performance art of it is just as in this specific instance is is something to behold. But um, now, I won't lie, I love when people argue and I'm not involved. Yes, yes. Like I'll sit back and just like, oh, all right, mm-hmm. you know, get the uh, popcorn emo- uh, gif. You know, I'm all for that. Yeah. You know, because it's all people. I lo- look. I love. Well, I, I like all the people involved. I like, I really like Ariel. I really like Tony Khan. So, but to see them two go at it, it's kind of like, hmm, I'll just be over here in the corner. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to watch. Admire. Yeah. You know, I'm a lawyer. I'll go to a mall, sit in the seat and just stare at people. <laughs> they're being stared at. Yep. You I, know? I, you know, again, it's like, I, there's been many times where I've like, I've read a comment. It's his nose. <laughs> I've read a comment or two online and I want to like jump in and say something, but then I like, I stop for a second. I'm like, <sighs> do I want to do I want to do this? Do I want to bring myself this kind of attention? Like, you know, I sit there literally in my mind, I go, <sighs> what would blue meanie say if he saw this? And I stop for a second and I'm like, I'm not going to tweet it. <laughs> it's literally what that's my thought of like, yeah. and again, like it's not even, it's not even like about you, but it's also like, do I want the heat right now? Do I want the static of, of having to then, respond to this and then continue right. to respond like fuck block and move on like yeah. i'm not i'm not gonna deal with this shit but there's a bit of i, I like to mute because oh, when you block somebody, when they when they you block somebody they make screen caps to go oh look so-and-so <laughs> block me blah, blah, blah. and then they think they won if you mute them and they could just yell and yell out into the fucking ether or the atmosphere and you not hear it it's like yeah. yep know. yep no, I just there's there's been a there's been a couple of times where I have gotten into it and I'm like, you know, like I've tweeted something, you know, some something stupid somebody said. I was like, you know, and I get like I can't help myself, you know, it, to that level. Um, yeah. But usually I'm really diplomatic about it. Like I, I, I find myself that I, I have, a as you know, I talk a lot and I have a good way with words. Oh. Not me. Yeah. Surprising. Right. Um, I'm no, I know. I know. Uh, but it's like I have a good way of basically like kind of telling people to go fuck themselves while, you know being very like corporate polite about it so yes. um but yeah i don't know man i uh i'm excited for this event i've been excited this is like i think besides mania this is the most excited i've been about it like a sort of a not top tier pay-per-view in a while and i think they've really built it well and i think it's gonna be great um was oh, in, the words, in the words of winston wolf pretty please with sugar on top clean the fucking car <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about this. There was been a, there was discourse the other day before we get into the Ask Meanie. 
Yeah. There was a whole thing on Twitter the other day about blading. Uh, Raj Geary was talking about, yeah, yeah. they was talking about blading in, in AEW and, and, um, uh, Takeshita was, ba- uh, they caught him on TV blading. And before that Moxley got caught, like kind of just cut himself. And, um, yeah. what's your thoughts on that? Like, what, what would be your take on, on blading now in 2023? Like, do you think there's a place for it? Uh, do you think it's being overdone now in AEW? What's your, what's your thought? Oh, it's definitely overdone. It's definitely overdone. I mean, it's one thing for some to see blood when you're not expecting it. Uh, it's kind of like, it's the car, car crash theory. You see one car accident and it shakes you and makes you go, Oh shit. But then if you see one every fucking day, you're just, you become numb to it. And it's just another natural occurrence. Now in wrestling, you know, um, yeah, and it's also got to mean something, you know. Just do it. The, the blade, just the blade. It's just like fuck, you know. Why, you know? Save it for when. Save it for when it means something, you know. But uh, I'm not against the practice. It's just, uh, I mean, the only thing I would say is if you you think you might, just go get tested. Mm. And make sure you know. Make sure both parties are tested, you know, and. Um, do it, you know, just for our safety reasons, you know, just uh, for precautions. That's the word I was looking for. Be uh, precautionary about it. You know, if you know you have a pay-per-view coming up, run over to LabCorp and get a fucking AIDS test and just make sure you don't have any kind of bloodborne things you can fucking pass on. But don't be smart about it, man. It's just... Uh, People, oh, you were an ECW. Yeah, I know. I was an ECW. And there was a point in time when ECW banned blood for a little bit. Really? And Yeah. What happened, <clears throat> if you don't mind me, I'm, I'm sure you've probably talked about this before, but I've never heard this. What what happened there? I don't, I don't know if I've talked about it before. Oh. Um, should, we but, the, uh, should we hit the news button, like the, the breaking news button? Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. No, no, there was like an edict for a while where Paul said... Let's let's not let's take it away for a little bit, just to make people want it more. Mm. And uh, this might have been 96, 96 ish, because then eventually there was a match with Raven, and the crowd was kind of calling for "We want blood, we want blood," because I guess somebody read a newsletter saying that ECW was going to back off on blood. And they know, so the, the, of course, naturally the crowd's going to chant, we want blood. Right. Right. And then there was like, I forget who was, it might've been Raven. The first one after the, uh, the edict to fucking, you know, bust one out and just the reaction from the fans seeing blood for the first time in a while, they went crazy because it meant something again. So sometimes you have to take something away for people to appreciate it. And so when they see it again, it's, it's new. So, uh, but I didn't see the discourse on who, who was talking about it online. So it was, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, there was a couple Raj Geary from wrestling Inc was talking about it basically like, okay. you know, how, like ba- the tweet was, this shit has to stop. But I think it was because Takeshita was caught on camera blading himself. Yeah. And I, I believe I don't, I'm not going to speak for Raj cause I don't know for sure, but I believe what I took from that was like, you know, Hey, if we're going to blade, like try to make it like, so people can't fucking see what you're doing. You know, same thing with Moxley. And I don't necessarily know if that's the performer as much as it is the camera work. You know, like, are the people who are filming and the production crew, are they not cued into the 
timeline of what they're doing. You know, to me, that would be on whoever's producing the match is on the headset and they know the spot where it's going to come. And you just tell them, Hey, tell the cameras to back off for a second, go wide. Now, if I was, if I was producing a match and I knew there was going to be color and I was, I had access, I would get on the headset and be like, Hey, uh, don't, fo- you know, take focus off of so-and-so. Right. Or, or go wide. It's also on the fucking, the performer to fucking, there's ways to do it. Yeah. You're and not going to, you're not going to sit there. Like it, Moxley looked like he was sitting there and he was like, and again, no knock on Moxley. I, I, I like John yeah. Moxley. I'm just uh, the, the, using this as a reference point. Like the, right. the, the still frame was him basically just running, looking like he ran a blade, like his fingers across his head. And it's like, well, we know what you're doing. Like, how can we do this in a way that's not going to be so apparent? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating, you know. When you when you see the wires, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, like yeah, yeah. You know, a magician's doing a levitation trick and you see the wires, it's like, oh you know. I know it's that like that's what people say about Cena. They hear him calling the, the matches too loudly in the ring. I think that too. I think that's just funny as hell because it's like it's just a perfect like of course, John Cena would be yelling things too loudly in the ring, but like, I don't know. I sometimes when I see the 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 wrestlers like talking in the ring, I'm like, okay, I know they're calling spots here. Or like, you know, like it's almost there's yeah. a there's a there's a real specific way that they should be. Like, I never see Roman Reigns calling spots in a ring. Like, right. I never see him speaking, like talking to anybody in the ring. Um, which I'm sure there's he does, to, but you know, there's ways to do it. Like, like I know I'm. This is a podcast, but right. yeah, you know, the visual part you can. Grit your teeth just like this and call the spots without ooh in your mouth, you know, right. kind of tackle, tackle, drop down, get it again, you know. Or you can like lock up like this. You can't see me, but you can see me on Patreon.com doing it. You could lock up, right, and catch him here and be like, you know, just uh, off yeah. the ropes to, you know, let's off the ropes to a, a drop kick. You know, something like there's a ways to mask it, but um, no, there's I. I'm just not going to explain it for other, other people. We're, look not gonna, for it. we're not going to give away the secret sauce here, folks. I don't yes. even know what it is. I'm not in the industry. I'm just a fan. I like not knowing that stuff. I do. I like not as a fan of the the stuff. I like not knowing everything like that goes on. Yeah. I like to keep a little mystery. Yeah, I like that. I, of course, I you know there's some things I talk about, but then there's some things I don't, and you won't know because I didn't talk about it. Right, and, and that's the thing is I don't I don't want that's the thing like as a fan like I don't want to know. My kids ask me all the time like, oh dad, how does that happen? How? I'm like honestly. I don't know. They're like, well, can you ask Meanie or somebody? I was like, I'm not going to ask them. Like, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to know how this happens. You know, I don't need to know the secrets behind this. This is fucking fun. This is the point of it, right? Um, yep, yep. So anyway, the fun of this too, also the secret sauce to this show, is a, a question, sir. Oh, yes. Are you ready to ask Meanie? I would love to. Yeah, of course. Ask me, ask me something. <laughs> don't forget to tweet us your questions using the hashtag. Ask Meanie, and we will ask them on the show. Again, shout out to the pod squad joining us today. Vanessa is here. Shackleford has arrived as well. No worries, man. We are here for your entertainment, sir. Uh, Mark and Dryden wants to know, Dynamite only had 824,000 viewers last week. Oh, no. What do you two think caused that? No clue. No clue. I don't know. Uh, then again, I, I haven't watched in a while, so man, yeah. I'm one of those guys. Yeah, 
I'm one of those uh, percentile, percentile that isn't watching. It's just, I don't know if it doesn't feel special right now or it doesn't feel, eh. Like, uh, usually, you know, there's a, you know, like, there's a moment where I wasn't watching as much wrestling, you know, uh, a while ago. And then all of a sudden the fucking CM Punk pipe bomb happened. Everybody was like, holy shit. I was like, oh, what? What, what, what? Let me, let me go back to wrestling. And then I got back into it. You know, there's there really hasn't been something to make me go, oh, yeah, oh, cool. You know, the, the, yeah, let me, uh, let me see what's going on. If it's, you know, it's, it's weird. I'll, I'll watch wrestling and then like sometimes, sometimes I'll just go, Oh, let me see what's on uh, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> let me, you know, it's just, it doesn't, it hasn't felt like appointment television in a while. Um, and as much as I love the, um, Roman and Sammy storyline, there's a lot of stuff in WWE where I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. maybe I don't know if it's because of Raw's too long, or maybe maybe there's maybe I wish it was 90 minutes instead of three hours, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just it's, it, there's nothing that makes me go, I have to watch this right now. I agree with that, and I, I'll even I'll kind of expand on that a little bit. Um, yeah, and and just too. and I'll and I'll say this though that I am a fan of both promotions. I have no beef with anybody. It's just my humble opinion as someone who engages in this type of uh, in type of entertainment. Yeah. I think a lot of times the way that AEW approaches um, matches or square ups or whatever, you know, like the Takeshita and Moxley thing. It almost feels like the way they present it and promote it is in a way where like, oh, you you should already know. Like, there's no build to it, right? Like, there's no, like, the way that WWE does it is they build, like, that's why I think this bloodline thing has worked so well is because they've been able to, like, pull back from all of those things that happened with Roman over the past, like, you know, five, six years before they started. And they're baking that into it and making you really care about it. And that's not to say that, like, AEW couldn't do that. They just haven't found the right way to do that. So when they have these matches, they're like, oh, it's Takeshi and, and, and Moxley or it's, uh, you know, uh, Osprey and, and Orange Cassidy. And like, you know, there's no, for me, there isn't that like, oh my God, I have to see this moment. You know, like, and it's, I love Daniel Bryan and I, or Bryan Danielson. And, and um, I've enjoyed some of Will Osprey's matches. I've only watched a few of them, not, not a bunch of them, but like as a viewer, and someone who watches this entertainment, if you want to get people to watch your programming, you should really make them care about why they're watching it. You can't just expect yeah. everybody to know what they're watching, right? Um, so I think that definitely, for me, draws away from it. But I, I, I agree, too. Excuse me, I hit my mic there. Um, I agree also as well. Like, I think there's a, a huge segment of uh, wrestling that doesn't feel like it's an, it's it's must-watch anymore. You know, like, they're the the... Not everybody has this. That's again, like we talked about before, and you've mentioned it. You know, one thing Russo was great at, if it, if the only thing he was great at, was giving everybody a storyline. Every had a, everybody had a purpose, everybody had a focus, and it made for compelling television because you could sit and watch and keep up with everybody. And everybody had a, had a storyline that was engaging, um, yeah. even if it was a little off the wall initially. It found its way, yeah. and I think that that part of it's missing as well. Um, but I'm not an analyst. You know, I'm just a guy who does podcasts and I'm a fan of the, the programming. Um, yeah. 
I don't know why that their their viewership is down. I hope they get it. I hope they they figure it out because I will. Meaning and I both said this. Um, you know, having another promotion is the best thing that can happen to wrestling because it it creates competition, and um, I think it's important that they survive and that they they find their way. There's there's the lost art of the uh, the backstory. Like you shouldn't already you, you shouldn't have to be a smart mark to be able to watch it, right? And, you know, there 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 are the, there's a fan base that knows everything about everyone all the time. But there's the casual viewer that doesn't know as much as the hardcores. So you kind of have to grab their hand and lead them through mm-hmm. and let them know what the backstory is, the backstory of the character, the person, even if you have to acknowledge the uh, competition, you know? Yep. And there's also the, the loss. And that's why, you know, I'm not a – that's also why there's a lost art of grabbing a fucking hold. Yeah. And just people are like, oh, you're grabbing a hold. It's lazy. No, I'm grabbing a hold to give the commentators a moment to talk about me and talk about the storyline. Where if, if you're doing just move, 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 move. Yes. The, the announcers have to call those fucking moves. They can't go and go. They can't imagine, you know, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, you know, talking about. You know, somebody's character and this, that, and the other. Well, I heard the other day, Brain, that so-and-so said this, that, and the other thing. You can't get to do that if it's just move, 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 move. If you grab a hold, work a hold, they're like, hey, why is grabbing this hold? I I heard the other day that so-and-so did this and that and the other thing and blah, blah, blah. And will you stop and, you know. Yeah, because they're. There's there's different levels to telling the story and. Well, you know, one of them's being, a few of them are being taken away and making people care. Right. And I think, again, like it's, it's almost like that, that spot fest wrestling. Like it's like, you can't, you can't build a story properly when everybody's just flipping and diving and doing all these things. And not that there isn't a place for that, but it just feels like much like blading and what we were just talking about. It's overdone. It's, it's, you gotta, you gotta know when to do it. It's, it's not about doing it. It's, it's knowing why to do it. Um, but God, I can't even imagine Gorilla in the Brain calling a, a match these days. Like that—that that is such a lost art anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark and Dryden's second question: Am I grasping at straws here? If somehow Kevin Owens screws Sami Zayn and ends up in the Bloodline, if not, how or why would Kevin join the group? That's a good. Uh, that's a pretty good idea. But they've done enough to beat fucking. Kevin's brains out, you know, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> Hey guys, you know, uh, you really beat my brains out about this and betrayed my, my friend. Let me join you. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it'd just be weird, I guess. But, um, I mean, it, 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 it would be intriguing if, uh, Kevin, you know, kind of screwed Sammy, but then again, why we go through the trouble of trying to get Sammy to get out of the bloodline and, you know, help them. I mean, they. What, what was that? Uh, Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash, or Diesel, uh, best of friends, better enemies, or whatever. Right. You know, right? Who fights harder than you know uh, two brothers? Even though they're not biological brothers, you know they've grown up together and you know are pretty as as close as brothers. So, I guess they would fight. You know, but um, 
Or, you know, it's just like regular sports where, you know, two guys could be the best of friends and they could go on a, field, on a football field and just beat the shit out of each other, you know, kind of thing. But the point I'm trying to make is I don't know why he would join the mud bloodline when he's been so against Sammy being a part of the bloodline to um, go and actually join that group. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily equate for me. I could see them. I could see them fighting the Usos at WrestleMania for the tag belts, and then Owens turning on Sammy. Like I could see them running back that NXT thing. I could see it, but I don't know if I want to see it. You know, right. like I, I, I feel like the story is too. It's already too woven in to be like, no, this isn't why they're going to do that. You know, they're at least not going to get there yet. Yeah. Um, and I think at this point, once the bloodline angle blows off for Sammy, like. And if Kevin Owens does turn, you're going to need to come up with something else to really, you know, you're going to need to come up with something else to make him turn. Like, it, like that's over with and it's done and, you know, we need to come up with something else. So, yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, Pod Squad member Jeffrey Mitchell wants to know, yo, Adam and Meanie, would you be kind enough to shout out my St. Baldrick's fundraiser on the program? We will be shaving at a Sons of Ben tailgate before a union game in the spring, which is to be determined. Yeah, uh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff does uh, amazing work. Uh, and uh, I think this is an annual thing where he, they shave their heads. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, is, is there uh, information? They provide uh, information there? Besides? Yeah. Yeah, I have it right here. It looks like uh, the event is uh, March 26, 2023 at 10 a.m. at St. Baldrick's uh, virtual head shaving party. Uh, basically, what they do is they raise money for childhood uh, cancer research. Uh, and it looks like their fundraising goal is $500. They're more than halfway there, which is fantastic. Uh, so you can go to stbaldricks.org slash participants slash Jeffrey M to go ahead and donate there. Uh, it looks like Jeffrey's got a full head of hair here. Uh, so that should be, uh, it should be great to watch him shave his head. But yeah, absolutely, man. Um, we'll make sure we yeah. tag it in the show notes. And I'll make sure I drop it for our Patreon folks. And throw it up on the, old, on, the, on the old Twitter machine there. But, yeah, anytime you guys, anyone in the pod squad, if you have anything like that, please let us know. I know I'll be. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Mitchell's got the biggest heart, man. He, uh, great guy, great member of the pod squad, but also, you know, I've known him way before this with the Sons of Bend and stuff like that. And hmm. him and his wife and his son are awesome. And uh, I always love to see him. He's always repre- representing the BWO at the uh, – Philadelphia Union games and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm more than happy to spread the word and uh, maybe even uh, throw, throw a couple bucks towards it. And uh, yeah, they, every year he he goes he grows his hair out all year just to shave it for this one event. So it'll be it'll be fun. That's it'll great. Be fun for a good cause. Absolutely. John Russo wants to know who would win in a hardcore match: a ten foot tall Gilberg or ten one foot tall McFoley's. <laughs> love this shit guys never never stop asking questions like this uh i would have to go with the 10 one foot mcfoley's yeah yeah that's where i'm going to yeah they, they can hit you from every direction yep and uh here we go our friend chunky love juice at prime okay, time no, break no, let me brace myself Hold yeah on. <laughs> Out of all the very creative, visually amazing sets WWE has ever had for pay-per-views, it's a premium live event, pal. Which would be your favorite one to stand atop of and unleash a holy, an unholy ass blast? Personally, I choose Armageddon, 
and sound off the butt trumpet <laughs> while screaming the end is nigh. <laughs> man. Oh, man. What was that No Mercy set with the trucks? <laughs> Stand on top of it like I'm in the... Oh, was it uh, Mad Max? Yep. And just unleash a fucking unholy uh, <laughs> fucking butt belch. I love how he calls it the butt trumpet. That's an old-timey favorite that's of mine. Right. Uh, Primetime yeah. Grape, never, never, never make it stop, man. Never, never stop asking us this stuff. Uh, and we I appreciate... Did. All of your questions, y'all. Thank you so much for sending them to us. Remember, tweet us using the hashtag AskMeanie, and we will ask them on the program. But, Meanie, I want to thank you, as always, for another exciting week of this program and doing the show with me. Uh, where can everyone find you on social media? If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitch, uh, not Twitch, Twitch, Facebook. Yeah, one day... I'll get through an ad read and not fuck it up <laughs> one day. And then that, that might be the day to end the show. I don't know, which means the show will go on forever. Hey, man, you mean, uh, you hear me lit, fucking get, try to get through that Manscaped ad, and I'm like, oh, uh, you get me, like, not going to happen. Never, never yeah, going to get through yeah. it. Yeah, some fucking professionals we are. <laughs> That's the name of the show, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, write that down. Uh, if... You would like to follow the Blue Meanie on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Blue Meanie BWO on all forms of social media. Support the Blue Meanie. If you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProSlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. If you would like to support a mind of the Meanie, go to ProSlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Use coupon code Meanie. To support the blue meanie, but you can also support mine and meanie by using coupon code mind to support mine and meanie. Either coupon code meanie or mine will save you 10% at collar and elbow brand.com. Uh, madcatbeardcare.com. Go over there and get yourself some of the blue spruce beard oil or beard bomb. Uh, my boy Josh Thornton is doing an amazing job. Over at madcatbeardcare.com. He uh, goes around, he rounds up the kitties, uh, takes them to the vet, gets them fixed, and uh, makes them feel better. So if you are a cat lover like myself, go over to madcatbeardcare.com and uh, take care of the kitties. Shout out to my boy Jim Nelson over at glaciersofice.com. Jim made three of three only handmade custom VWO Air Jordan 1 sneakers for Stevie, Nova, and myself. I'm still afraid to wear mine because they're so precious. Uh, each pair takes Jim about 50 hours per pair to make. So if you want to see all his behind-the-scenes photos and videos of how he makes these amazing shoes, go to all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at G-O-I Kicks. That's at G-O-I Kicks on all forms of social media. And uh, check out some amazing uh, footwork. There is some uh, amazing uh, artwork on the, the sneakers that he makes. Uh, cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO uh, for birthdays, holidays, well wishes, 
uh, go over to cameo.com slash blue meanie and get yourself a, a video. Let's have some fun. Maybe uh, make somebody's day a little bit better over there at cameo.com slash blue meanie But most importantly, Mr. Bernard, where can we find you? Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Mastodon and TikTok at uh, this is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand, pal. You can also check out my second show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net and checking out all of my archive there. Also, don't forget to check out The Wrestling Hour, which is currently streaming live. I'm on episode six at Premier Streaming Network. That episode is up right now with my friends Alfred Kunawa and Sir Wilkins, where we dive deep into the Elimination Chamber. You can go and sign up right now at premierstreamingnetwork.com. Uh, don't forget uh, Brothers Gatter if you want to pick up your Blue Meanie Wrestle Buddy. And there's also an Adam Bernard Wrestle Buddy that's going to be coming out very soon. Uh, the designs have been posted inside the Patreon group, which you can check out right now. And uh, I am very excited for that. We're going to have a brand new Mind of the Meanie two-pack together so you can get Meanie and I together. And we also have uh, potentially other uh, designs and things coming down the pipeline over the course of the year. So definitely check that out. But go to brothersgatter.com. Uh, don't forget to go to the Feinberg Method uh, if you're looking to work out and uh, change your life with my trainer, Brad Feinberg. Uh, mental and physical wellness all in one spot. Use the promo code Goober and save up to 20% on your purchase by going to the FeinbergMethod.com, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Foundation Radio, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Pick up a shirt and keep the lights on at the Barnard Home for Wayward and Trouble Youth and Casa de Meanie. And don't forget to sign up now at Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Uh, thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring the show today. Uh, Pod yes. Squad, we love you all so much. We appreciate you, and thank you for joining us again this week. For the Blue Meanie, I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops. 